Hello and welcome to another Trust the Wizards podcast. I'm Kicker of Elves and I'm just back from having spent three days knee-deep in all things psychedelia at the 13th Dream of Dr Sardonicus Festival. Uh, this has been put on by the Fruits to Mare label uh, and was, took place over three days in Cardigan. Now I'm about to phone my fellow wizard, Chirito Garbanzo, to tell him all about it and to rub his nose in it because he wasn't there. But while I look for his number, it seems appropriate that having spent at least nine hours or so on the A-Roads of Wales, that we should begin this podcast uh, with a song from the magical band The Soft-Hearted Scientists. And this is the A470 song. Glittering skies, there is nothing in the city that is half as pretty. Drive the little white car of the A47 over, going up to see the mountains. Waterfalls and animals and glittering skies, there is nothing in the city that is half as pretty. Drive the little white car of the A47 over, going up to see the mountains. Waterfalls and animals and glittering skies, there is nothing in the city that is half as pretty. And glittering skies, there is nothing in the city that is half as pretty. Right, well, let's see if Jerito Garbanzo is at home. Hello? Hello? Hey, Jack. Jerito, how are you doing? I'm great, thank you. Excellent. Very good. Excellent. How about yourself? Very well. Now, do you know why I'm phoning you? 
Are you ringing to tell me all about your weekend in Wales? <laughs> I am, yeah. Excellent. Yes. Excellent. So, How was it? Well, it was fantastic. As you, as you know, um, I went down to Cardigan uh, to see uh, the all the... A load of bands, not all necessarily, but a load of bands on the Fruits de Mer label who were playing as part of the 13th Dream of Dr Sardonicus Festival. Excellent. How many of them were actually wearing cardigans? Well, it's funny you should ask that. I would say, uh, with some, some degree of confidence, that none of them were. Um... Because it was fucking hot. <laughs> uh, is is the cardigan named as that because it comes from it has its origin in the place called Cardigan? Well, you're asking me questions I can't possibly answer. Okay, okay. Um, I thought you might have found that out while you were there. No, I, I didn't find that out. Um, in fact, I didn't uh. find anything out about the place really. Uh, but I, I went with Texas Paul. Good. Good. Yes. Yes, and uh, and we had a, we had a lovely time. It's a long way though. It is, yeah, it is. It's right at the bottom of Wales, isn't it? Yeah, southwest, and uh-huh. uh, from from Liverpool, I reckon it was a, a nine hour round trip. Limey. Yeah, and yeah. so sadly, when when we went down, we went down the Friday. It was across Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Uh, actually, yeah. I should say that it's the the second time we went. We went last year, but it was just one day last year, um, and it was three days this year. And we went down on the Friday afternoon, so sadly we didn't make it in time to see the opening acts of a band called Spurious Transients, who sound very interesting. Uh-huh. Uh, and we also, yeah. we also unfortunately missed Jack Ellister, um, who played, I think he played on all three days. We certainly saw him at one point, but he did, we didn't see him on the first day. Um, but uh, you can be very happy to hear that we were well ensconced with our opening day goodie bags, which is a bit of a Fruits de Mer tradition, and our festival beer, which is another tradition. Um, ah. um, by the time the band we went down really to see, the soft-hearted scientists, by the time that they took the stage. Excellent. And did they play... Because these are a band that um, we've played a couple of times on the podcast... Uh, they don't. They don't do many gigs, do they? No, this is their their second gig in about um, well, probably twelve months. Let's say eighteen months. And we saw the last one as well, me and Tex, because we went over to Good Sheffield. For you, yeah, yeah, Good for you. Um, so anyway, they. As I say, yeah, you're right. They they don't they don't play very often. Really, why we went all the way down there, um, and the cellar was really packed. And I say cellar deliberately because it was at the cellar bar in Cardigan, which is a proper cellar with a low roof and all. Um, and this wasn't great on a couple of for a couple of reasons really. One was uh, it was very hot, and two Nathan Hall, who's the the lead singer in the band, uh, is a self confessed claustrophobic. Ah. Um, and the audience, which was um, very full, was very very close to him, and uh, he pointed out that in order to maintain his sanity, um, he had to basically. I think he had his reading glasses on so that the audience was sort of out of focus anyway. But he spent most of the time looking down. Um, he was very happy when he was playing his guitar because he, he was concentrating on that. Um, but he, he didn't, yeah. didn't really look up. He sometimes looked back and spoke to the band, but he didn't really look at us. But that was fine and, uh, and was better than what he'd suggested prior to the gig, which was that he might have to sing from the top of the stairs. <laughs> so, uh, when you say it's packed, I mean, how, how big is this place? It's not huge. I mean, I think I think there were, it probably held about oh, 50, 60 people really squashed in. Maybe not even that many. Right. Yeah. 
Um, and did they play uh, the song at night that Corey glows like a mothership or no. uh, any of the others that we've played before? Uh, well, they played they played um, a very similar set. In fact, I think it was almost identical to the one we saw in Sheffield. So some of the songs that we played on that podcast, um, the ups and the downs, they they finished with. Um, yeah. They played. Um, what else? Those are off the last on that that one you just said, isn't it? Yes, that's right. Ups and the downs. That's yeah. right. Light years to nothing. They also played, which was a, a real highlight. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, no, they were great. They, they kicked off with the uh, the A four seventy song, which is the one we've just heard on the pod here. Uh-huh. Um, and he oh, it yeah. was a heroic performance, really, because yeah. you could tell he wasn't comfortable. But they they kept going. They the played A four seventy. Sorry. What or where is the A470? Well, the A4, A470 is definitely an A road in Wales. I'm not sure where it goes from. I think it's probably from Cardiff. I'm, uh, I should have done oh. some research. I may well have driven on it. Um, right, OK. But, on your way there? And indeed on the way back. But f- frankly, the roads started to look fairly similar. Right. Okay, yeah. But they did play a load of songs from uh, across their their back catalogue. Lot, lots of stuff from different albums. The highlights for me were were Light Years to Nothing, as, I, as I've mentioned, Seaside Sid, and the Giant Squid. I don't know if you're familiar with that song. Oh, I like that one. Mm. I'm a big fan of that song. Ah, uh, that's it's, it's kind of something they do very well with, which is the the choruses are very silly, aren't they? Yeah. Like a nursery rhyme, that's and then right. in the uh, in the verses, there's a bit of sort of social commentary. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but what was really impressive was that, as I say, he was obviously suffering, but they stayed on and they played a couple of um, encores, played Hawthorne and, as I said, the, the ups and the downs. The band were, were superb, and Dylan, who's on the, on the keyboards, uh, was making all sorts of fantastically interesting noises. Sadly, he didn't play his Swanee Whistle solo, uh, which should appear in one of the songs. They point, he pointed out that it had been nicked, which I think is a terrible thing to steal. That's that's, that's really unacceptable. Um, somebody stolen this one, he went on. Yeah. Maybe somebody who's. Uh, I I would look in the, in the wherever they're making sort of um, carry on star comedies. <laughs> person who provides the sound effects to that has got to be top of the uh, suspect list. Yes, I think I think either that or someone out of delight. <laughs> <laughs> but it it was a delight to watch them anyway. Um, can, I, can I just tell you, the A470... Yeah. Oh, you found it, haven't you? Yeah, go on. It's, it basically goes from Cardiff to Clondudno. Ah. Uh-huh. North to south. Ah. Uh-huh. Right through the middle of Wales. So yeah. you almost certainly would have... No, uh-huh. you probably wouldn't have driven on that. You'd have probably driven across it. I definitely... No, I drove, I'm sure I drove on it. Sure I drove yeah. on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I should point out that the Paul, who's the other guitar player, played, played some really interesting-looking instruments... Um, mandolins. There was there was seemed to be a, a a sort of a banjo thing which had one and a half necks on it. I don't know if that means anything to you. Well, no, that's yeah, never never seen one of them before. Yeah. Anyway, they they were tremendous and and definitely worth worth seeing. But they they weren't actually highlight uh, headlining on the first evening. That was Australasia, who we've also played on the pod. Oh yes, yeah. Mm. So former trance stars and now psychedelic tripsters, Australasia. Um, now, I was going to say how fantastic they were, and I'm sure they were, but um, me and Tex were a bit tired. So we uh, we only really heard a couple of their songs. Um, there seemed to be more people in there than for the Soft Eyes of Scientists, and we were kind of on the edge of the crowd. 
Um, and the yeah. co- they, they opened up with a couple of fairly slow-paced um, ambient pieces, which were very, very good, but just made us even more tired. Um, so <laughs> yeah. the, the drive-down sort of quickly began to take its toll. And so... And the festival beer as well, maybe? Uh, well, possibly, yes. And so we decided at that point to, to head for the hills, uh, well, or at least go up to our, our B&B. Yeah. Um, so I, I didn't really get to see them, but we were very excited to, to be in the same place as them. Well, didn't see them because we couldn't see over the crowd, didn't really hear much of them either, but I'm sure they were, they were fantastic. We did hear the next day, though, that Sendelica, uh, who were kind of hosting the event... To their hometown, yeah. um, made some attempt to, to get on the stage with them, which I would have liked to have seen because that is not a big stage. But anyway, yeah. they, they, they failed in that attempt anyway. So, uh, so that, that was, was uninvited? They just stayed <laughs> like invasion or, or, or some kind of massive jam session? I, I would suggest the latter, but, but I don't know yeah. because I, I wasn't there. Anyway, that really was, was our, our first day. Um, yeah. So I think what we'll do is, because you like it as well, let's hear Seaside Sid and the Giant Squid by the mighty soft-hearted scientists.
Smile and send the bailiffs in. And if you're suicidal, we'll supply the pills and gin. Now, we, we started the second day early, would you believe? Uh-huh. Because uh, me and Tex had to go and pick up our crates of festival beer that we'd, we'd pre-ordered. Right. Um, so, obviously, they were selling this... Was this, to get, was this to get you through the day or, or, or <laughs> take home as a souvenir or what? Yeah, no, it's to bring home because this is the, the Cardigan Brewery Mantel, Mantel, M-A-N-T-E-L, anyway... Uh, we, we were rather parcel to their beer. We drank quite a lot of it last year when we were there. And there was an opportunity this time to, to pre-order a couple of crates. So we, we got a couple of crates. So we've come back with a lot of, of Fruits de Mer labelled Mantel beer. And, and I'll bring some to the next podcast for you and uh, Rebel. Fantastic. Mm, mm. Fantastic. I know, I know you like your beer, so I think, I think yeah. you'll, you'll enjoy that. Um, and, of course, the, the next thing we had to do was to queue up. Because uh, what Fruits de Mer do is that they make available some very limited vinyl uh, for the first people in through the door at various stages of the, the festival. Um, yeah. And there was a, a 50 run lathe cut 7 inch, uh, which featured the Soft Artist Scientist and the band Me and My Kites. Uh, and me and, me and Paul, were, uh, me and, yeah, Tex were very keen to get hold of this. So we were first in the queue. 
right. Yeah, we did very well. And did, uh, did, you, did you snap up all fifty then? Well, we that was obviously part of our plan, but no, we got one each. Um, but we were very pleased to, pleased to get those. And uh, being the being the vinyl uh, expert that you are, maybe right. you can answer me this. Hmm. Um, you know, I've seen this this lathe cut. Um, hmm. Word being bandied around hmm. for for various of you know bits of impressive, like you say, um, um, very limited edition vinyl. Hmm. What what exactly does that mean, and and how does that differ from however they normally make vinyl? Right. Well, I'm glad you asked me that. Uh, a lathe cut record is one that is cut with a lathe. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. As opposed to <laughs> one that isn't cut. With a lathe. Ah, okay, right. Well, thanks for clearing that up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So uh, I'm sorry to get too technical. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, well, it's funny because uh, uh, I don't know if I've given it away, but I really don't know. Uh, but having looked at the vinyl itself, it it look yeah. it looks the same. Uh, it certainly sounds the same and it plays the same. So I don't I don't know. I presume that it's going to be uh, done in such a way that you could only do a few at a time. Um, right. But I, I really, I really don't know. I'm, I'm guessing. And it, it so is a, a, a lathe would be a really inefficient and <laughs> uneconomic way of making records. That's basically what you're saying. <laughs> As opposed to a normal vinyl record making press machine. Yeah, I think it's a press of which we, the type of which we are all very familiar with, mm. of course. I think that's probably fair, but uh, but I really don't know, and and perhaps our listeners can tell us. But in in any case, there are only fifty of them, and me and Tex have got two, which I, which I would say is about four percent. Yeah, well, oh, it, it also normally you, I know you always come back from this fruits to mare thing with mm. with like literally bag loads of oh, yes. um, vinyl and and CDs and all kinds of limited stuff that which you have not buying but they kind of give to all the people that turn up. So we've right. more of that kind of thing this year. Oh yes, no, we we did very well in terms of the goodie bags. Um, I think I came back with about sixteen CDs, uh, of which wow. I I bought three. Uh-huh. Uh, and I think there were seven, possibly eight pieces of vinyl. Um, only only one of those actually was uh, was free, but the others yeah. were very reasonably priced and, and excitingly rare. Well, I'd like to see a photo. If you maybe take a photo of all that stuff and you could put it on the blog post with this... Yeah, that's a, that sounds like yeah. a good idea. I'll I'll, yeah. I'll definitely do that. Um, so anyway, so, so we queued up. We got in first, and uh, we were very very well looked after. But one of, one of the blokes in the the cellar bar came out, took pity on us, and gave us a cup of tea while we were waiting. So that was very kind of him. Um, anyway, it started about two two thirty something like that in the afternoon, and the first band on was actually not a band. It was a, a guy called Steve Kelly, who I didn't know anything about. He was on uh-huh. on acoustic guitar. He was accompanied by a bass player who I would not be at all surprised was if it was his son. They certainly look look quite similar, um, and rather brilliantly, they they were joined for uh, I think two numbers by one of the bar staff who came on and nice. sa- and sang backing vocals. Um, so I think he's a he's some sort of a local favourite. Um, yeah. It was it was you know your fairly standard acoustic guitar fare a bit. Um, Bit reminiscent of the likes of, I suppose, 
uh, Robin Hitchcock and Nick Drake, that sort of feel. Yeah. Um, but what was really, really cool about it was that the, the words were superb. He had some fantastic lines. Um, and I even remembered one, which is very unlike me, as you know. Um, there, was a, there was a song which it turned out is called um, Butter No Parsnips. Um, mm-hmm. And it, it has the line, Reading through old magazines, accidental time machines. Right, very good. Which is rather nice, isn't it? Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah, and definitely worth hunting down, but apparently he doesn't, hasn't got any records out there, he can't buy anything by this guy. He's, uh, he's been going a while, he's, uh, you know, he's older than us, um, but he seems to have deleted everything um, that has been released and deleted everything off YouTube, so I don't know how easy it's going to be to, to find what he sounds like, but if he's playing in your town, go and see him, he was, he was good. So he, he, was, he was on first. Strangely enough, Kicker, um, mm. the MJ Hibbert has a song which is called Butter, Buttering Parsnips or oh, something. Oh. Yeah. That the, 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 you wouldn't have thought there would be two songs. No. Similar names, but uh, he yeah. has one about parsnips. <laughs> I'm not sure this song's about yeah. parsnips, but, but that's what it's called. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah. And then, and then after them, there's another new, new band to us, which is the band Magic Bus. Uh-huh. Now, what do you reckon they're going to sound like? Uh, like sort of the um, 1968 era Who? Who? You would think. Yeah? They, they don't sound like the Who at all. Oh, um, they, okay. they They sound much more like the band Caravan. Okay. Are you familiar with them? Uh, you, not really. You say the word Caravan to me and I'm seeing... Aren't they something to do with Gong? And prog rock. That's right. Yeah, they they are quite proggy, and uh, they sort of part of the Canterbury scene. Yeah, that's that's the kind of yeah, that's the kind of thing. Yeah. Well, they, they, did they play a cover version of Magic Bus. They didn't. No. Did they arrive on a Magic Bus? I think they almost certainly did. They they so, seem well, to be in, okay. enjoying yeah. life very much. Was there a caravan attached to the Magic Bus? <laughs> Are buses allowed to tow caravans? I'm not sure that they are, you know. Anyway, they they, they made a big deal out of coming from Devon. And I think that's mm-hmm. be, that's because that's probably a longer track than we'd had. Yeah. Um, but they, they were... We, we actually watched them, uh, me and Tech. We were sat on a sofa, which was directly opposite the stage. Um, but between us and the stage were a sea of legs. Uh, and yeah. And swaying hair. Mm-hmm. Um, well, on the legs, there was swaying hair on the legs, but also swaying hair on the heads. Because quite a lot of the people who liked this band had very long hair, and they weren't all women. Yeah. En- anyway, <laughs> anyway, they uh, they let rip this band. They were they were quite good. They they, they uh, it was sort of a jazz prog guitar thing going on. But some of, some of the the um, the songs went into quite long instrumental pieces, as you can imagine. Um, yeah. Tex reckoned that he heard the sound of traffic, um, but I don't know if he was just many could hear the cars outside or what. But uh, um, or the buses. Oh, maybe that was the buses in the caravan. <laughs> yeah, but it, it was it was a very very pleasant sort of dreamy cosmic soundscape, and and it seemed very appropriate for what was apparently uh, a very sunny day. We were in the cellar, so we didn't really know. But, okay. but they were they were grand. They were they, they were worth seeing. Anyway, then we did see Jack Ellister, who Good. who we'd met uh, the day before. Sorry, who had missed the day before, and he played uh, a very delicate acoustic set 
uh, songs that uh, really entrance the audience. Um, sort of very twa- tranquil, low-key sort of thing, um, which was, was really nice because it really set us up for the next band who, who were uh, local legends and hosts, Endelica, who are yeah. anything but low-key and tranquil. And uh, yeah. they they really delivered a, a superb blast of instrumental psych space rock, um, and the 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 size of the venue meant that the saxophone bounced off all the walls. Um, so that was Lee Lee Ralph, I think it is, who plays the sax for them, um, and of course Pete Bingham's guitar, massive great big riffs through various songs. They played um, I know one of your favourites, Spaceman Bubblegum. Oh yeah, yeah. That was their their opener, uh, and it was an exceptional version, I thought. Um, and they they really buzzed on the the reaction they were getting from the the crowd, which was tightly packed, heavily perspiring, um, and they the band just kept going. They didn't really pause between songs. One song sort of bled into the other, um, and it, and it was great, really good. And and I wish I could tell you what songs they played, but I'm not sure that I can remember, and I'm not sure that I even know what the songs are called. But it was great. Cool. cool. Yeah. So that was. Did that, they play much off their their new album, the Animal Monday? I one? didn't recognise it. No, I, I would say probably not very many. Um, there were there were old, older songs, I think. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm not because they covers. All... They sometimes do throw in a cover, don't they, Sandilica? Yeah. They well, they, we'll come to that because they 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 performed again on the third day as a, an acoustic in acoustic, and they played covers then, but they didn't play covers in. No, they they played. Um, uh, what's it called? The the song about uh, not set set the set the controls set for the, the controls heart for the heart of the Buddha. The Buddha, yes. Yeah, they did. They definitely played that. That was that was rather yeah. good. Um, but they they weren't headlining. The the headlining band actually were the band the Bevis Frond. Uh, now they're 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 a London band, I think. I think they're from Walthamstow. Is that well? They, I, I know in one of their songs they sing about uh, that song "Waving" that you played me a few years ago, hmm. and it talks about having a car your car breaking down on the Westway, and QPR supporters waving. That's that's right, and and it, it turns out that they are um, well, or at least Nick Solomon, who's who's the sort of the lead guitar player and singer, is a season ticket holder at QPR. Is he by Joe? Mm. Right, good for him. Well, he must be a nice bloke then, because all QPR fans are lovely people, well, as you well know. I, I do know that, and uh, I'm sure he is. We didn't get to speak to him, but what we did speak to, we, we met outside uh, before they came on, so between them and Sandelica. We met a couple of lads who'd come down specifically to see Bowie's Front. They were from Leicester. Um, and they, they were huge fans. They've seen them hundreds of times, perhaps not hundreds, but uh, a lot. And they were kind of followed them round, and they they told us that they were very nice, um, and they said that they, we were going to be in for a real treat with the the twin guitars of Nick Solomon and Paul Simmons. Yeah, uh, and they were right. They were right. It was, it was, it was very reminiscent of Hawkwind at times. I thought, um, uh-huh. with that sort of space rock thing going on, and it turns out that the bass player they had with them, I don't know if he plays with them all the time. Uh, is a guy called Aid Shaw, mm-hmm. who used to be in Hawkwind. Ah, so po- ah. possibly no no surprise there. Um, now, I have to admit that I don't know very many of their songs. I've got a couple of albums, and uh, you know, very good they are too. But they've they've been around a long time, haven't they? They've got a, a uh, big back. I remember yeah. I had an album in the 
ooh, around about late eighties, uh. uh, um, which was uh, it was called If Six Was Nine, and it was a, um, a tribute to Jimi Hendrix, and it had Chuck Prophet on it, and there were lots of people playing covers of um, Jimi Hendrix tunes, and right. they were on that. Right. So and that was around about I'd say about eighty eight, eighty nine. Yes. That, that was so they've been around a long time. They have, and actually, I don't know if I've played this to you. I think I think I might have put it on a mix once. My I first came across this band because um, Nick Solomon won Countdown numerous times. You know the the quiz oh, yes. Countdown, yeah. um, and uh, at some some point brought onto the show his wild space rock version of the Countdown theme. Oh yeah, yeah. We we played it on the pod, didn't we? Did we play it on the pod? Okay, yeah. I think so. Yeah, I think we did. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. didn't play that, but uh, yeah. they, they, they did play loads of songs. There's, they've got a new album, well, relatively new album, I think. It's called uh, "The Leaving of London," um, mm-hmm. and they they definitely played songs from that because I heard him talk about that. I can't remember what they're called, um, but I did did um, recognise a song called "Lights Are Changing." Um, right. And so I reckon it might be a good time to to hear that now. So this is the the Bevis Front with "Lights Are Changing."
So it won't surprise you, perhaps, that uh, day three uh, started in true Fruits de Mer style with a record fair. Wow. Yeah. More opportunities for you to spend more money. Yes, indeed. And uh, although uh, it was Tex... Any coloured vinyl on offer? <laughs> no, I didn't get any coloured vinyl, no. Uh, Tex got a good record, though. He, he found, uh, and you'll like this, he, he snaffled an eyelet rarity. Well, Islet, as I think you probably recognise them as. Oh, right, excellent. Yeah. Yeah, 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 excellent. I'm yeah. a big fan of them. Yeah, I know, yeah. So he was very pleased. Um, I, I didn't get anything in the fair, actually, but uh, I did buy records later, having seen bands who I didn't know before, so that's always a good thing, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so anyway, the, the second day was... Sorry, the third day was a little bit different to... Uh, previous experiences there because they were in, in an attempt I suppose to challenge the Dullers Ditchwater Glastonbury uh, mm-hmm. the, the Sunday saw two stages in operation wow in, yeah. in, in this tiny place with only 60 people well no that was one so the, the cellar bar was was one venue uh, which is where we've seen everybody to date um, and then the, the very pleasingly named Pizza Teepee uh, also hosted bands through the day mm-hmm uh, and this was a very good thing because it was outside and, and literally under a, a teepee. What worried me, how would you spell teepee, by the way? How would you what? How would you spell teepee? Oh, well, as a matter of fact, I'm going on holiday to Scotland hmm. uh, in, in, in day after tomorrow. Hmm. And um, we're staying in a teepee. Uh-huh. Uh, and I happen to know, I would, in the old days, I'd have said T-double-E-P-double-E. So would However, I. However, I know that at Glastonbury, the teepee field, mm. and these trendy teepees that you can hire mm. and stay in, we're staying in the teepee in Scotland, this all spelled T-I-P-I. Yes, well, exactly. So that's, that's, that's the sort of uh, venue we were in, uh, the, the pizza tippy, as I would like to, to call it. Um, and how, how, are you spelling, how are you spelling pizza? Uh, <laughs> yeah, 
P-I-S-A, as in, as in the Leaning Tower of Pizza. Uh-huh. We had a pizza there, which was very nice. Uh, and uh, we had that watching the first band of the day. Actually, they, they, it wasn't the first band of the day but the, who we saw, because I think we were a bit late for them, because we, we got carried away looking at all the records. But um, the first band that we saw was Sendelica again, but this time playing outside and acoustically. With pizzas? Yeah, we had pizzas. The, the band didn't. Yes, that's right. I see, yeah. Nice one. Yeah. And also, they, they had uh, a vocalist. Uh, this was somebody called Alice Davidson, who I think is also local. She's, she's recorded with them before, and most notably on the Fruits de Mer release of their cover of Venus in Furs. Oh, yeah. Hmm. So did they do a version of that? They did, and it was, it was very good. They, they also did a cover did of... They a, have a uh, no, they they played. They had acoustic bass, acoustic guitar, and I think it was well. It, it wasn't a big saxophone, but I think it was one of those little saxophones. Uh, well, you mean a tenor saxophone? Possibly, I do. Yeah. In any case, it it was great. Yeah. Um, but it sounded very different acoustic and and, and very good. And uh, I said to Keith Jones, who's the the Fruits de Mer guy because he was sat there watching them, I said that he should, he should encourage the band to, to release some of this in, uh, acoustic stuff. Yeah, I'd be intrigued to hear them, because they sound, to me, what you were describing before as the sort of wall of noise. Mm. And that's what I associate Sandelica with, so I would be interested to hear what they would sound like uh, acoustically, because not, you know, in, in some ways you'd think, well, I'm not sure that would work. Mm. It sounds like it did. Excellent. It, it, it did, yeah. They, they were really good, and it was, it was lovely to watch them in the sunshine. Uh, really good start to the day. We then rushed... Oh, sun delicate. Yes, indeed. <laughs> indeed. Yeah, carry on. Very good. We then, then rushed to, back to the cellar. Actually, we didn't really rush because we were rather full, having eaten far too much uh, pizza and having discovered a, a new beer. And um, so we struggled up the hill back to the cellar, but we, we got there in time to see um, Chicago's very own Look of Eden Hall. Ah. Mm. And they've been touring uh, the UK last, the last, for the last month, I think. Um, they certainly played Liverpool when we weren't here, because um, we were there. But, uh, yeah, they, so they, they came onto the teeny tiny stage there and they were great. They, they played um, a range of newish songs, so from the Victoria Moon album that came out a couple of years ago, I think. Which that was, was it, yeah, that was the one, I remember you had that in one of your best of the year lists. I did, I re- uh, yeah, yeah. At the end of 2013, that was, so... Uh, ah, OK. Yeah, so I'm guessing it came out in 2013. That'll be it yeah. then, yeah. So yeah. they played songs from that, which I which I like very much. They played some uh, earlier ones, uh, and they actually also played, a, a, I think, three new tracks um, that haven't been released yet, and they were great, really, really good. They, I would say they were definitely the, the poppiest band that we saw, um, I'm not sure how psychedelic they are, really. Uh, I suppose a little bit. No, I mean, they're, they're a bit mod, aren't they? Mm. From the few, I've only heard a few of their songs, but they, they have kind of weird weird bits in their songs, but, I mean, a lot of it is, sounds a bit like, yeah, it's, it's kind of more in the Small Faces vibe than it is in the Pink Floyd vibe, if you know what I mean. Yeah, 
yeah, yeah. exactly but, the, 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 but they, they played a short set but it was it was fantastically good and the, the crowd really really enjoyed it and I, I suppose it's psych inflected isn't it um, yeah but they, they played a song called A Drop in the Ocean which uh, is on Victoria Moon I think mm, yeah. actually maybe it's not maybe, maybe that's on one of the um, their sort of greatest hits type albums or um, whatever but uh, that's a really great song but it's a short fairly short song uh, but they played a really long version of that, which was which was really good. Some fantastic odd noises in the middle of that, yeah. uh, and they also played the song "Sassafras Overcoat," uh, which they weren't wearing. Come again, come again. Yeah, I just say I will say that again. Sassafras Overcoat. Um, and uh, red, red, yellow, honey, sassafras and moonshine. That's the one. Yeah, um, yeah, exactly. What is sassafras? I I don't. I don't know. It sounds. It sounds like the sort of thing that a, an angry dog might say. Yeah, or, or possibly how the name of eighties um, jazz funkers Shack Attack would be pronounced if you were Sean Connery. Yeah. Yeah. I'm guessing now, but because of that Laura Nairo song, which is about going on a picnic, mm. don't solve picnic, and she says red yellow, red yellow, red yellow honey. Which is confusing in itself. Is it red or is it yellow? It's red, yellow, red, yellow honey. Uh, red, yellow honey, sassafras and moonshine. So I've always assumed it's some kind of fruit-based drink that mm. you can take on a picnic. Mm. Uh, but I might be getting confused with sarsaparilla. Is that a drink? That is. That does sound like a drink. But if it, if it is a drink, it's very strange to have a, an overcoat made out of a drink. Well, I suppose I'm. I'm going to say that I, I reckon sassafras is some sort of herb. Right. Mm. Okay. But I, yeah. I, but I don't know. I'll tell you what. Ra- rather than us conjecturing on uh, on what that might be, shall we listen to the song? Let's do that. Okay. So this is the Lock of Eden Hall with sassafras overcoat.
So, right. you've been online. I have, whilst that song's been playing. You were right, it is a herb. Yeah. Well, it's specifically sassafras. It's a, it says on Wikipedia here, it's a genus or a genus of the extant or extant. It's, I'll, I'll just read it. Sassafras is a genus of the extant and one extinct species of deciduous trees mm. in the family Lauraceae, mm. native to eastern North America and eastern Asia. It has aromatic properties which has made the tree useful to humans, but also sassafras is a slang term for um, a drug called MDA, which is similar uh, to, I imagine it's similar to uh, MDMA, ecstasy. Uh, I, I still find it difficult to know how you're going to make an overcoat out of that. Um, I don't know, but, you know, our friends, the Wave Pitchers, they've got a song called Pea Green Coat, haven't they? So if they've made a... But isn't that a colour? That's a colour. No, it's, it's, it's a coat that's a pea green colour. Well, it's not a pea coat, is it? Well, I don't know. What about Joseph and his Technicolor coat? <laughs> <laughs> I, think you're, I think you're losing this debate, but anyway, let's move on. Um, about, um, also, um, Colour Me Wednesday has that song Sugar Coated, don't they? Ah. They're, they're wearing a coat made of sugar. They are, yes, you're right. I, I take it all back. Yeah, very good. Yeah. All right, yeah. well, shall we move on? Yes, we're there, yeah. <laughs> okay, so after we, after we saw Lock of Eden Hall, we, we went back outside. We decided to spend the, the, the remainder of our time there um, in, under the teepee. Um, and uh, we caught two really cool bands, neither of whom we'd, we'd heard of before. The first was a band called The Telephones. All right. Uh, and turns out that this, the, these guys are from Derby. And yeah. and they've got they've got the the modern psych jangly guitar sound down a treat, and if I tell you that the the single that they've got out which I bought is called Hummingbird, how do yeah. you think they spell bird? Um, what is it, B Y R D? Of course it is. Yes. Yeah. 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 So that gives you an idea what they what they sound like, yeah. and they've, they've they've what I thought was quite interesting was that the the lead guitar. Uh, is a 12-string is a guitar. Very, yeah, very good. Yeah, so yeah. Th- this was played by a guy called Jim Widop, uh, who, who was a pleasure to, to listen to and, and very nice to meet afterwards as well. Um, and uh, we were really quite won over by them. And uh, as I say, we, we bought their single, um, which is called Hummingbird, and the B-side is a song called Amsterdam, which is also excellent. But, it, I mean, they're not really doing anything new. It, it does sound a bit like the birds, but uh, it sounded very good. And it was a nice, so, nice so sound. So you'd say the telephones have a sound that, that kind of rang a bell? <laughs> 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 okay. Yeah, I, 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 guess, I, I guess I am. And then, anyway, so, so after them and closing things for us uh, were the band Paradise Nine. Now, do you, mm-hmm. do you know anything about these? Nothing at all. Right. Well, apparently they've been going since the late nineties. Um, right. Never crossed my radar before, and presumably not yours either. Uh, but I think we've really missed out. They right. uh, they 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 came came out the traps really like a a psyched up wire, if you can yeah, imagine that. that. Sounds good. Yeah, with sort of plenty of attitude uh, to go with their their musical chops, and uh, the lead singer, who's who turns out to be called Greg McKellar was the punkiest presence on the stage from the, over the across, across the three days. Um, 
and uh, he, he sort of had a, a, a sneery type of vocal delivery um, and, you know, a fairly punky guitar sound. And he had another guitarist, his name is Tyrone Thomas. Do you know who that That's is? That's a good name. You that did? is a strong name, though, it, isn't it? It is a good name. And, Tyrone Thomas. Yeah. yeah. And I thought, I mean, these guys are, let's be fair, not spring chickens. And I, I've subsequently, since I've been back, I, I looked them up. And it turns out this guy, Tyrone Thomas, used to be in alternative TV. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, so that's that's the you know he's got some some history there, and uh, they had a really good rhythm section, particularly the bass player who I would describe as the showman's showman. Uh, his name is Neil Matters, and and <laughs> and he did. Um, so he was on bass, but he was on one of those. Um, it, it wasn't plugged in. It wasn't a, like a lead attached to an amp. So he he was able to wander around the venue with his bass. Yeah, so it's, it's, yeah, exactly, and uh, and he'd sort of stomp around, and he he's a great big bloke, and he had shaved head, uh, sunglasses, quite quite scary looking really, and uh, so he he <coughs> he'd, he'd sort of stalk through the audience, and he thought, oh, this is quite menacing, um, but he kind of blew it at one point because also in the audience there was at that point there was a dog. And and he sort of went up towards this dog, and and you could see him mouth to the bloke whose dog it was. Is it okay if I yeah walk past your dog with the bass? Um, so he was he was obviously a, a dog lover, and and actually not that menacing really. Um, but uh, <clears throat> they they move seamlessly from sort of punky stompers to ex- extended space wig outs. Um, and uh, yeah, no, fa- fantastic, fantastic, and and they were quite political at times as well, which again was uh, the first time we'd really hear, heard very political songs, although, as you, you rightly say, some of the soft-hearted scientist lyrics are quite political um, yeah. on the quiet. Um, but they, they played, played songs and, and there was, you know, sort of anti-Tory government stuff, uh, which is, went down very well. And to be fair, after about, I think, probably three songs in, uh, me and Tex had decided that we, we really needed to expand our record collections with... What texts have described succinctly and, and accurately as some of that, um, yeah. and uh, and we did. We they had they had a couple of albums on sale, um, a fairly new one, um, and uh, an older one, neither of which I can remember the title of. But on That's one not of important right now. no, it's not important. Yeah. But on one of one of them, they had this song "Points of View." Uh-huh. Now, you're you'd be hoping there for some sort of BBC phone-in thing. Um, yeah, BBC. <laughs> yeah, it's not about that, but it... it, it why, oh, 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 why, the day for us. There's another band called Schnauzer who played later, but me and Tex missed them because we went for a curry. Um, ah, okay. But uh, nevertheless, it was it was fantastic, and so we've seen. Was, was the dog in the crowd? Yes. Was he a Schnauzer? Was he a? Oh, wouldn't that Schnauzer? that would have been brilliant? But unfortunately, no. Was it a Schnauzer? No. Dog. No. It what wasn't. Kind of dog was it? Uh, a collie. But maybe he's because he didn't see Schnauzer, so maybe the collie is. 
centre. That would off the centre. That would be that would be very confusing, wouldn't it? Very very confusing. I, I I'm not sure that that's true, but uh, as you rightly say, we don't know because we didn't see the band. Um, but uh, anyway. All in all, brilliant. Three days, lots of great music, lots of really nice people. And I, I, sh- I should say that we, we'd like to thank uh, the tireless Keith Jones from Fruits de Mare, who um, sort of puts the whole thing together, and yeah. with, with Pete Bingham from Sandelica, uh, who's coming to Liverpool this week, we should point out, uh, yeah. with Sandelica. What, what's the date of that again? That's Friday, what, whatever day Friday is. It's Friday, Friday the 14th, at McGuire's Pizza Bar. That's right. Uh, yeah, so we. Well, I think you you might get a, a whiff of uh, Rebel Ricketts World of Scar. Yeah, oh, excellent. Is he bringing some Scar? Uh, well, I presume he will. Excellent. Yeah, so it's 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 basically you and I'm on holiday, aren't I? Like yeah. You said, but it's you and Rebel Ricketts from yes. the podcast are DJing at this event. We are, yes. And, and they're playing quite a long set. They are going to play a long set, yeah. They're, they're threatening... They've got a... Currently got out... Well, it hasn't quite come out yet, but the the, the next release on Fruits de Mer features Sendelica playing um, a 15 or 20-minute version of I Feel Love. Wow. Yeah. 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 So... Uh, I'm, I'm going to miss that on holiday. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, we, we would also like to... I'd like to say uh, hello and thank you to the, the two... Be- Bevis Fron fans from Leicester who were, were very nice, one of whom definitely wins wardrobe of the week by a mile. His shirts were something to be seen. They were loud. They were loud, psychedelic shirts and the, the, the guy did really well. Um, and uh, we'd also like to say uh, hello to the mysterious all-knower uh, who kept me and Tex amused over the three days and uh, I'll tell you all about that when we meet up. But uh, suffice to say, it was uh, well worth going all the way down there. Three great days of music, lots of good food, lots of great people. Um, and the rumour is, the rumour is that having gone from the Fruits de Mer Festival being one day to now being three, next year there's talk of a tour. A tour. Yes. Yeah. Uh, including, and let's keep our fingers crossed, including a stop-off near us on Merseyside for a bit of Fruits de Mersey. Fantastic. Yeah, well, well we'll have yeah, to watch that well, space. I'll be at that. <laughs> so, um, I, I don't think I've got anything more to, to tell you. Uh, Are we going to play out with a song? Yeah, let's play out with a song. Let's, let's hear um, Paradise Nine with their points of view. Bye! Die. He told me 
See another point of view.